You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. We're off and running, people. This Friday, November 20th. Hey there, you. How you feeling? We've done it again, people. We've made it to Friday again. Of course, this is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. As I always say, too much possibly to squeeze into a mere 60 minutes. But let's get right to it. See how much we can do, right? You never know. Maybe we'll surprise ourselves. Maybe I'll surprise myself. The number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer, on TikTok. No, I'm not on TikTok, but uh, it's only a matter of time. Today, day 25 of the regal tumble, all the intrigue, all the drama. Another entry getting thrown over the top rope yesterday. Another entry making its way to the ring for uh, the big weekend. Plus, we have week 11 in the NFL, a very... A very unfair week. Unfair to who? Unfair to me. It's very unfair to me. And that's the only person at the end of the day that I really care about. Plus, the Knicks are looking to make moves. Leon Rose. Is it possible that not only does Leon Rose actually have more of a clue than, I don't know, the previous five people that ran the Knicks? But is it possible he's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers? Is that possible? I mean, 2020 has thrown us some real curveballs. I don't think anyone anywhere, even as unpredictable as this year has been, it's crazy, right? All the different things, pandemic, murder, hornets, someone running the Knicks who might actually have a clue. Wait a second. That's ridiculous. It might actually be happening as we speak in our lifetime. A sentence most did not think they would hear in their lifetime. Uh, is the Warriors dynasty dead? Lots of questions. We have to answer. We have to try to answer them all in this uh, short sixty minutes. But let's start with the Knicks because I actually, again, this is going to come as a surprise, and maybe you feel the same way. I actually think I feel good about the direction of the team. Now, I am not getting carried away like many of you are, and as I've said many times. There is no more delusional fan base in this city, in this town, in this country, anywhere in the world than Nick fans. They're, they just love their team so much. They just are so desperate for anything good to happen ever that anytime something even with a sliver of hope comes along, They think, oh, my God, we have been saved. You haven't been saved as of yet. But I will say, uh, while I'm not dancing in the streets, I'm at least willing to uh, open the front door. I am, as I said yesterday, cautiously optimistic. This front office so far, and this could change. (laughs) This could change at any moment. But at least so far, this front office seems like they might actually have a clue. Now, I'm not saying no before the sentence is out. And there's been a, the, this front office has not done anything yet that would make you say, yeah, these guys don't know what they're doing. That could happen. I'm, not, I'm, I'm reserving judgment on that. I reserve the right to be able to say that down the road. But as of right now, after the draft is over and you know, starting to make a, a few moves here in free agency with trades and everything else, 
I am not shutting it down. I'm not saying no before the sentence. You know, like a lot of front offices with the Knicks, and any time you root for a bad team, there's the possibility you get into a situation where you just know it's wrong. You just know. You just know nothing good is going to happen. You just know. And things will be floated out there, and even before the sentence is out, you're like, no, no, I don't know. I don't want that. No. So I'm not shutting it down. I'm going to ride it out. I'm going to ride it out for a little bit. And yesterday, Knicks uh, created some cap space, which is always nice. They waived six players, created $40 million in cap space. Now, who did they lose? Oh, my God, who did they lose? They basically lost the entire plan B from when Kevin Durant decided to go to Brooklyn, along with Kyrie Irving, Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Theo Pinson's on the list. Who else? Uh, Alfred Payton. I think there were six guys. That's five. I don't remember who the other one is. Look, it's no secret. Let's go through the bullet points. The bullet points are this. It's no secret the Knicks roster coming in for Leon Rose was terrible. It was like slightly above expansion level team. So it's a good start to basically cut half of that right off the bat. So you move out that, those six players and you create $40 million in cap space. I like what they did in the draft. I'm not as optimistic as some of you are. You know, like some people are over the moon about Obi Toppin. We, we shall see. I'm, I'm, again, cautiously optimistic. They signed Miles Powell, the undrafted free agent out of Seton Hall, a guy to root for, certainly a guy who you could definitely see uh, Tom Thibodeau really liking, a guy to root for, a hard worker. But then, because God forbid we have good things for too long, you don't want to spoil us. There's a story yesterday that the Knicks have been aggressively pursuing uh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, Boston Celtics, declining his $34 million option for this season, which kind of sounds bat poop crazy, right? Like 34, he's turning that down in a time where nobody's giving him $34 million, not even the Knicks. Not even the Knicks, if they were run by one of the previous regimes, would have been given Gordon Haywell. Well, can't say that, but probably not even they would have given him 30 Isaiah might have. Isaiah might have backed up the truck, $34 million. I mean, he gave uh, $25 million to uh, Jerome James, so $34 million, you know, maybe. Um, but the Knicks are one of the few teams with cap space to sign him. And this is what I meant by when I said that Leon Rose was playing chess when everybody else was playing checkers. Is this just a roundabout way to get more people to get on board the, the Russell Westbrook move more? I, that's what I feel. Remember when the Knicks were looking for a coach and Tom Thibodeau's name was out there and it was like, yeah, uh, you know, some people were opt, you know, some people were really uh, enthused about it. But I think that most people were like, yeah, I don't really know if that's the right fit. That's a guy who wants to win now. The Knicks roster's terrible. They're not a win-now team. you got to take time. you got to, you know, you have to look to build with youth and build through the draft. And, and Tom Thibodeau's name, uh, that's not somebody who you would think would be a good fit for that. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was this push from somebody in the organization. You know who would be a good fit? Jason Kidd. And as soon as you heard Jason Kidd's name, you're like, well, you know what? Tom Thibodeau, maybe not so bad. I feel like that's what's happening here again. Oh, you don't like Russell Westbrook, huh? Well, how about we go and spend a whole bunch of money on Gordon Hayward? Uh, Let me say this. Without knowing what the details would be, I I would prefer not to go after either. Let me be clear. But if I had to go after one, 
uh, give me Russell Westbrook every single day of the week and twice on Sunday because I'm not doing anything on Sunday because of the Jets play. So I would rather have Russell Westbrook than Gordon Hayward, but I'm not a fan of either. And if I have to take Russell Westbrook at 40 a year or Gordon Hayward close to 30 a year, again, I think I would take Russell Westbrook. But again, I would prefer not to take either. And I can't remember the comedian who came up with the the, uh, line, but they were talking about how it was a female comedian. She was talking about how she needed a diet plan where instead of being given a list of foods to eat, she needed basically to hire someone to just stand next to her and slap the food out of her hands. Like she needed someone to just come along and say, no, donut, boom, just slap it out of here. This way she wouldn't eat any bad food. That's, was it? No, she's, Amy Schumer stole it from another comedian. That's why I remember. Oh. Yeah, she stole it from someone else. But I don't remember the original. See, that's what happens. You, you know, you're famous and you get to steal it and then boom. Uh, I didn't say it was funny either way. But I'm just saying it's a good analogy for this because that's how I feel like with Nick fans. I feel like I have to be like the guardian of uh, donuts and cupcakes because you all just want to just jam all this, you know, disgusting food, delicious, but, you know, bad for you food into your face because you're just desperate. You feel like you're starving when really your mouth is just bored. I understand you're bored watching the Knicks because they've been terrible, but this actually seems like this could be something. And the worst way to go about it is to kind of short circuit it because you want it now. And I feel like you have to avoid the quick fix. The Knicks never avoid the quick fix for very long. And look, the quick fix, it wouldn't be a quick fix because you have to wait a year, but that's not like a long-term fix. It's not like I'm saying, well, we're going to do this now for the next two, three years. I'm saying for one calendar year, if you can put up with this for one more calendar year, you might be in very good shape to make a giant leap forward. And again, I think a lot of the reasons for like talking about Russell Westbrook or talking about Gordon Hayward, yes, it would improve the talent of the team, and that is something that you have to be looking to do. And I would say Hayward, at least I think, could probably play with others better than Russell Westbrook would. So maybe there's, there's a little check in his column for that. But I think that you have to avoid the quick fix in this year, especially because both of those moves, while they improve the talent, I get the feeling that they would be made to make the team more relevant or to make the team more exciting. It's not really about the long term. It's not about the benefit for the real you know, key players on the team, the young guys. It's just about improving it in the now and improving the excitement level surrounding the organization in a year where we don't even know if you're going to have fans in the building. So what's the hell? If there's every year to kind of sacrifice a little bit and grow as a young team, this would probably be it, right? Find a point guard. They do have to do that. I I don't have any problems with that. But basically, play the young guys, take your medicine for one more year, and remain flexible. Keep that flexibility. That's the best thing the Knicks have going for them right now. Star players in the NBA become available quite regularly. Now, there's not regular intervals where you know, oh, for sure, you know, free agency, you know when that comes up. But guys become available quite regularly. Within the next calendar year, there will be players who will be either unhappy or want to move on for whatever reason that we do not realize right now. Like this time last year, do you think that, you know, James Harden would want out of Houston? No. So there'll be another round of free agency, which again, not the goal, 
but you get another high pick in 2021 with the draft in 2021, which looks like it's going to be a really good draft, and you just take your medicine. I like what they did with the Ed Davis deal. Take a bad contract. That's the way to go about this season. That's not a a win-now kind of move. That's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. You have cap space. Take on a bad contract. Get some more picks back. And give yourself, keep that flexibility. Gordon Hayward is not the kind of guy the Knicks should be. I don't know, man. I, I, coming off, I, look, he's coming off an efficient season. I'll give you that. But he's not the same player he once was. He's dealt with several injuries, not just the one three years ago. He dealt with injuries this year. And, you know, the other thing is nobody knows Gordon Hayward better than Brad Stevens, right? They were both at Butler together. I'm always kind of hesitant to deal with the team that's smart. Now, I understand that Hayward's a free agent. But Brad Stevens is a smart guy who knows how to get the best out of Gordon Hayward. And it feels like one of those moves that when he leaves Boston, he's probably not even going to be as good as he was in Boston. So I think that probably Brad Stevens got more out of Gordon Hayward than anyone else would. So I get you want it now. Everybody wants it now. You don't even care what it is. I just want it now. Let's hope that Leon Rose does not want it now, that he's got some patience because it's a good start, but the only message would be don't mess it up. And you can mess it up like that. You can mess it up very quickly. And at least so far, a couple of days in, we haven't had to resound the, the, reset the counter. Days without a Nick mistake. It's actually getting up there a little bit, Right. At least since the draft, he hasn't been able to do anything since really taking over the team. But what, four or five days? You can say four or five days without making a mistake. Think of the previous regimes. How many days in a row would you say days since the Knicks made a mistake? How many times do you think it got that counter even got up to five? Probably not very often. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, we'll get your phone calls involved. We'll touch on week 11 in the NFL. Just as the Giants become relevant, they get their bye week. Oh, no. So why it's unfair to me, uh, we'll get into that. Plus, day 25 of the Regal Tumble. What show is leaving us? What show is coming on board? Oh, my gosh. So much to do. This is a very unfair week in the NFL. And by unfair, I mean to me. As I said, you know, just as the Giants are actually relevant in November for what? The first time in five years? It's the first time in five years that the Giants are actually relevant in, you know, the second half of the season. And they get a bye week. Like just as they just as they re-entered relevancy, eh, we'll take a week off. And as if that was not bad enough, who comes coming back from the bye week? Yeah, here come the Jets. You have to sit through another one of those disasters. I mean, they're just disasters. They're disasters. Darnold's out again. You got Joe Flacco going up against the Chargers. And they put him at 4 o'clock. At least put him at 1. Put him early. I don't care. I can't have that game at the same time as the Dolphins and Broncos. I want the whole focus on Dolphins and Broncos. And it's going to be very hard for me to come up with jokes about the Jets, but, but you know, only kind of watching them halfway. To show you how bad the Jets are. This, this may, every week I always say the Jets, the 2020 Jets, you have to see it to believe it. That's how bad they are. Think about this. The Chargers are 2-7, and seven, right? Every single week 
they devise new ways to lose games, things you've never seen before. So they're two and seven. They've lost three in a row. If the season ended today, Jet fans are saying, that's great. Can we do that? No, we can't. No. But if it did end today, the Chargers would have the fifth pick in the draft. And again, every single week, find new ways to lose. Do you realize the Chargers are favored by eight and a half? Eight and a half points. Not a field goal, right? Jets have no wins. Chargers only have two And yet the team with two wins is favored by more than a touchdown. The Steelers are favored by 10 this week over the Jaguars who have one win and are playing with their backup quarterback. That's not that much of a difference. Eight and a half and 10. 1-800-919-ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. We'll make more jet points uh, coming up. But let's get some phone calls. Let's go to, uh, is it Jerry in Brooklyn? Jerry, what's going on, my friend? Good morning, uh, Gordon. I absolutely agree with you about the NBA, how players will become readily available next year. The NBA is like a soap opera. They should even be eligible for the Regal Tumble uh, as a dramatic series. Um, And let me just quickly say this. I couldn't believe how well the Knicks did in the draft. Time will tell. But the way they controlled the draft, the way they moved up and down, accumulating extra picks, I couldn't believe it. That's smart. That's the way you do it, right? Yeah, what are you doing? I thought I was on a hallucinogenic drug. I I, I had to check my food. Yeah. Uh, You know, to me, and let me just quickly say this, the, the young NBA superstars of today do not want to do the heavy lifting anymore. They don't want to go to a franchise devoid of talent, sign a contract, and to be expected to win a championship with no players around them. What the Knicks are doing, just stay to the script, draft young players, and then it should be easier to attract a free agent or two next year. And let me just say this about Gordon Haywood. You don't turn down $34 million a year unless you know someone is out there already willing to pay you just as much or more to get away. So maybe... Uh, the Knicks will sign him, maybe a sign and trade. Who knows? But I got a feeling that uh, he knows something that we don't know. Thanks, Gordon. Absolutely, Jerry. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't turn down $34 million. And you have to think about, all right, but he wants a long, it's only one year for 34. Okay. But, I mean, how much, I, the thing is pretty clear, he's not going to get 34 from whoever, wherever he goes. But how much does he have to get on a three-year deal to not make it a better thing to take the 34 and then go into free agency after this year, right? You'd you think that he'd probably have a similar year uh, to this year, and then he's already got 34. So you got to be talking about three years, $75 million? Uh, That's not a – I mean, at, at the bare minimum. Uh, I just hope it's not the Knicks that are, are making that deal. And here, look, here's the other thing, because people have said this to me. You know, look, you're making a big deal. They're, they're picking up second-round draft picks. How often do second-round draft picks uh, turn out to be anything? That's better than the – I'm comparing them not against everyone else as much as I am people that have run the team in the past. This is a smart way to operate your organization, especially given where you are. Yes, they have to do the heavy lift. This is – each little day, just putting another piece on the, on, the, on the fire, putting another piece together, rather than doing it the way they've always done it, which is quick fix. Let's slap this together and see if it, if it works. Uh, Omar is in Brooklyn this morning. Oh, Omar's up early on a Friday. What's going on, my friend? 
How are you? Good morning. How are you? All right. Let, let me uh, very uh, listen to me first and then okay. uh, evaluate. I always do. First, first Gordon Hayward. Uh, uh, he he has to have a guarantee with somebody as he opts out, right? So uh, if if the Knicks pay him three years be, uh, between three years between sixty to seventy million dollars, I think it is twenty million dollars a year for three years, sixty million dollars, and they are going to use him as the Utah Jazz assistant is with the Knicks right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he used to play as a point forward with Utah Jazz. Yes. He's coming from the year 50% from the uh, field goal percentage and 39.4% from the three-point line this right. year in 51 games. Mm-hmm. That's a very efficient year. Seven yes, very efficient. I said efficient. I said efficient. I brought okay. that up. Yep. So, All right. He's 30 years old. Plus, uh, uh, now you got this. They are talking to uh, 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 what's his name, Minnesota shooting guard Beasley, twenty-two years old, uh, because uh, they signed Antonio. Uh, uh, they they drafted the kid from uh, on number one pick as a shooting guard. So they, uh, he he played for Denver. He uh, uh, traded to Minnesota. He averaged twenty points a game. He's twenty-three years old. A very good, efficient player uh, offensively. A little bit uh, a desire to be defensively not weak, but uh, he can improve defensively. But he's 23 years old, short, almost 42, 44 percent from the three-point line, and he's a 20-point scorer with Minnesota with 17 games. Before last year, when uh, uh, in Denver he was 17, before he was not getting playing time this year with Denver, that's why he got traded. So they're talking to him. He has a, a felony charge against him last month. Yesterday there was a court hearing. I don't know what right, happened. Get to the yelling at me. Where, where are we going with the yelling at me? Come on. No, I, I, let's what let's I'm pick saying it up. Is, well, you need some energy uh, on a Friday. Okay, I, I need energy, but I'm saying if you get Gordon Hayward and you go and uh, sign Beasley, if it doesn't work out, Gordon Hayward is going to be here. So if Gordon Hayward doesn't work out, then you try with first option will be Van Fleet for another $20 million because you have $40 million on the salary cap, right? right. So you can sign, uh, offer Van Fleet for 17 or $18 million. And you, if Van Fleet comes in, then you have a starting lineup of Van Fleet, mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett, Gordon Hayward, uh, opt-in. And, uh, and the second thing, the uh, Hayward trade... Avert signing will be a trade and signing. Have you not That's had your coffee you today? Out. You're very, you're very measured today. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I'm telling you, it mm. is going to be a sign-in trade deal. Knicks are going to get a pick out of this definitely because Boston want to get out of the salary cap because they have to sign somebody as a center. That's why they are, he opt out. They took two days to reconciliate the opt-out deal with the, the Gordon Hayward. They brought the Knicks into it, so it was already a managed deal, basically. So they are going to get a pick out of this because it's going to be a sign-and-trade deal. And maybe okay. in a sign-and-trade deal, you get out of the option of, uh, uh, what's his name, Julius Randle. There is a Let me ask you this. We would so, both say so, that Gordon Hayward's season this year would be best defined, if you wanted to look at the positive, you say he would be very efficient, right? Yes. You would say that? How do you think his efficiency will be? Now, like, part of his efficiency is also based on the teammates and the other options that he has. So he's mm-hmm. not going to have Jason Tatum. He's not going to have Brown. He's not going to have Kemba. Uh, he's going to be coming to a Knicks roster that is not nearly as talented as that Boston roster. Can we agree on that? 
Where do you think his efficient? Do you think that will improve his efficiency? Or do you think that that will hurt his efficiency? The, 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 uh, I, will, I, I will say that in, in Boston Celtics, he mm. was not a ball handler. Walker was. Right. So if you see his Utah years, when he was a ball handler as a point right. forward, he's efficient. He will have the ball in his hand. Efficiency may know, but he will be a more creative playmaker for the young players. And he's a great athlete. He plays hard all the time. He's a very good defensive player. Plus, he's a good at locker room. Has he been so, the same player since the injury a few years ago? Yeah, uh, I, I will say a little bit. Uh, this year, he so improved no. tremendously. If I, if I said to you, is he the same guy that he was, and you say, well, he is a little bit, that's, that's no. Yeah, or you can say, I can say, oh, he cannot be a Hayward of Utah Jazz that we saw, but he can be... This is what what you saw of Hayward this year uh, was very close to Utah Jazz. I cannot say so. I have to have a little bit more of a, a sample size how to be evaluate. This is a very. So I don't like this. Omar. I like the Omar that. yelling at me about how I'm, I'm no, no, this, but I'm now that. I'm going to yell at you. But see, this so is the problem. Is see, this is the problem. Is that now you wanted Russell Westbrook and we no, we no, no, slapped no, 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 that no, no, out of your hands. You. I'm not. And then yet. we we want you want Gordon Hayward and I have to come no, no, along no, and slap that out of your hands. And I'm then there's going to be somebody else down the road no, no, no. who's going to be available not, that you really want, and you no, won't be able to get him because you're tying up money in, in Gordon Hayward. No, 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 no. I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. Well, we only not, have a one-hour show. You let, we got to get to the regal tumble. You go. You get to Gordon Hayward, and mm. after that, what you do is here comes the little deal. Russell Westbrook, Julius Handel is traded. Oh my God! Now see, it only took a little while. It just took a little poking and prodding to find the crazy. All right, get Omar. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven. I love him, but he's nuts. And that's you know, I hate to say this about Nick fans. It sounds like an insult to them. That's the the thinking behind a lot of the, the fans. I want this guy. And I want that guy. And I want just be patient. Just let them do what they're doing. Let's. I don't think that they're gonna. I don't know. Maybe maybe Gordon Hayward is absolutely gonna be around the corner, and that, that this has all been worked out behind the scenes. I'm cautiously optimistic. Can we allow that cautious optimism to make it to the weekend? Can like can we wait till Monday? Will the car? The I said the counter right. We have five days maybe in a row where the Knicks have not done anything dumb. Can we get to Monday and that counter not be erased and set back to zero? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Dean is in Queens. Dean, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, man. That that Omar's radio gold. He's he is. Fun. He's the best. Um, I say I don't think Gordon Hayward's a good move for the Knicks because yeah. uh, how can he be efficient if he can't stay on the court? He's uh, known to be injury prone. Yep. And he's a little older now, and um, he's like you said, he's not the same as he was in Utah. So I don't think that's the move. That's not, that's not the way to go, unless they got something, you know, another, you know, something including him to make, you know, uh, a, a sensible move. But him, I, I'm not a big fan, you know. Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, before the injury, uh, he he would be a kind of player, you know, if he was a, maybe a little bit younger and a little bit healthier, I maybe wouldn't have a, a real issue with it. I feel like the best course of action, like. The Gordon Hayward move, you can make a move like that at any point, right? Like, you can get a guy who's, like, kind of overpaid and maybe not as good as he used to be. You can make that kind of move at any point. So why make it now 
when if you're bad for another year, you get back into the draft, you get back. I know people are not going to want to hear it, but you get back into the lottery for another year. You add another major asset in the draft. If you have any faith at all that this this organiz, you know, this this regime kind of knows what they're doing in the draft. And you see, you know, when you make a choice, you remove other options from down the road. And I think that by going by, you know, to, to Russell Westbrook or Gordon Hayward, those are kind of, you know, that's the kind of move that you're, you're, you're saying yes to that. But you don't know by saying yes to that what you're going to have to say no to down the road. So that's why one of the reasons why it would be a no for me as well. All right, there we go. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so coming up, we'll get to the Regal Tumble. Yesterday's result, what took place yesterday, the, the show that is entering things today. And uh, mo- I'll tell you right now, I don't know how it's going to go today. Monday, Monday's show, the, day, uh, the, the show that enters on day 26, I'll say this. If it makes it past a day, if it makes it past one day, I will never talk to any of you ever again. Let's put it out there. Uh, but, hey. The Regal Tumble continues. The Michael K. Show's 20 and 20 contest continues today, 3 p.m., because that's what time their show's on. Only four chances left to score big. So make sure you are tuned in. Today, guys are giving away a Frigidaire 38-bottle wine cooler. 38 bottles of wine in that thing. It's the 20 and 20 contest. It's brought to you by PC Richard & Son, Kansas City Steak, the Bardishan, premium cocktails on demand. Did I get it close, right? I'm not sure. Very nice. All right. And 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. And Don Mattingly will step in. He represents the potential winning run. Eight to six, the score. Hudler from second. Griffey from first. Two men out. Right here, way back. Say bye-bye and good night. The Yankees win it. Don Mattingly, three-run, two-out, ninth-inning home run for a 9 to victory. I realize that 1985 is a long time ago. That, that audio makes it sound like it's 1912. I mean, geez, Louise, it makes it sound like it's a 1,000 years ago. That was Spencer Ross on the call. Yankees uh, beat the uh, – who did they beat that day? The Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins. That was from 1985. And uh, the reason we play that is because today is the anniversary of Don Mattingly being awarded the 1985 American League MVP award. So Don Mattingly, who I think, ha- I think there has to be a push now. And I, I was never a big believer that Don Mattingly belonged in the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, like, he should have won in 86, too. But he definitely won in 85. Uh, but – you see some of these guys that are getting into the Hall of Fame, Harold Baines being really the touchstone for me. But now we're hearing about Torrey Hunter or uh, Omar Vizquel. Uh, I'm sorry. If, uh, if that's, I'm not one to push for Don Mattingly to make the Hall of Fame. But if we're putting in those people, well, wait a second. There's a long list of people that, and I brought this up the other day, of guys that should be in before those two examples. But that uh, highlight was from 85. Do you still have, like, the um, like the box score, right? Because I want to see if I, I could nail. Wh- whatever you need. I got I want it all nine, right here. I want to go nine for nine on the box score. Because 85 was right in my wheelhouse. I was, you know, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mattingly was my guy. Probably more so than, uh, you know, Mattingly, Marino, Ewing. Three guys who were great but never won. So um, I would say 85, obviously, Ricky led off. Right? Correct. Did I get that right? Uh, Willie Randolph was playing second. 
Correct? No? Yeah, all right. Uh, Mattingly obviously batted third. You, were you trying to get the lead off the, the the entire order in order here? Well, I, I, I'll, I'll go for the. I'm pretty. I'm almost positive of the first five. Then I'll kind of pick and choose. I'll go position to position. Was R- Ricky led off that day? Ricky right? led off. Yeah, yeah he was led off. Uh, Randolph was second. Uh, he was not second. He did not bat second that day. He hmm. did not. Uh, all right, let's not go with the order then. Uh, we'll go uh, positions. Mattingly at first. Randolph at second. Pags at third. Right? Pags at third. All right. Uh, I'll come back to shortstop. Pass on that one. Behind the plate was probably Butch Weiniger. Uh, Winfield and right. Center was Ricky. DH was probably Don Baylor. All right. So now I got left field and shortstop left. Uh, sounds right. Okay. Uh, left field, Dan Pasqua. Not Dan Pasqua. Not Dan Pasqua. You may have oh. heard his name in the highlight. Oh, did I? I didn't, you know, I wasn't paying that close attention to the highlight. Uh, Dan, pa- it was not Dan Pasqua. Who else could have played left field that year? It was not uh, Henry Cotto, was it? Uh, Cotto was a pinch hitter in this. Okay, game. but he did not play left. He was not the he starter not, in left field. That's left a wrong fielder. answer. Then, mm-hmm. do you need a hint? Ah, uh, no. Let me think about it first. Oh, was it Ken Griffey Senior? Ah, there we go, Ken Griffey Senior. So that only leaves shortstop. Well, shortstop then, I always get this kind of confused. It was either Andre Robertson or Bobby Meacham. Like one of them, I, don't re- I can't remember who came first. I think Andre Robertson came first, so I will say Bobby Meacham was the shortstop. There, there you go. go. All right. Who was the pitcher that day? The pitcher, uh, Ed Whitson. Oh, Ed Whitson. Was it a good Ed Whitson or a bad Ed Whitson? Uh, I'm going to say pr- it was a bad. I'm probably bad, I'm right? going to say it was bad because the Yankees were down 8-0 at right, one point. Right, yeah. Oh, there you go. It was, a, it, was, it was typical Ed Whitson. Yeah, Ed Whitson driving Joe Cowley the got the win. <laughs> People chasing him down. Oh, there you go. Your moment of inspiration for this, uh, this Friday morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. All right, let's get right to it. It's time for Regal Tumble, day number 25. Hit the music. Yesterday, of course, the, the big uh, entry into the uh, contest was SportsCenter. And I got to say, SportsCenter, look, there are been, you know, people have said, well, it's unfair that all these shows have had to come in early. But what's nice about coming in early is you had a little softer competition. Now that we're about halfway through the competition, it's very hard to make it even one single solitary day. So SportsCenter... Whoop, right over the top rope yesterday, but put up a nice showing. I think they finished at like 16, 17%. Let me see what they finished at. I mean, that's not a terrible, uh, that's not a terrible performance. So they didn't get May Young like uh, I Love Lucy. No, I Love Lucy. And I think still, even now, the worst performance of the entire Regal Tumble was um, Billions or This Is Us. One of those two shows. They got just, I mean, they were not competitive right from the start. They, so they, they the, basically got their rims lipped off. They were the, the Doink the Clown of this uh, tournament. Yes, Doink the Clown. That's a, good, that's a good comparison, yeah. I always go back to Iron Mike Sharp or SD Special Delivery Jones. Um, they, that, that's who they were in this contest. Also, Ozark was very, very bad. I know there's, there's a lot of people, people that you work with, uh, specifically Ray, that love Ozark. Ozark oh. was not competitive in any way. So... Sports Center, yeah, they finished at 16.1, but they were at 17, 18 for a good part of the day. And Chappelle, little vulnerable. So I would say if you're a Chappelle show guy, you better get out there and vote. You better get out there and vote. So let's get into it today. Day number 25 of the Regal Tumble. We know Sports Center is gone, and we know the returning shows because they've been returning now for a, a good little while. They are, of course, 
Sopranos. They are, of course, Seinfeld. And they are, of course, Chappelle Show. All right, so those are the three that are still in there. Who will be joining them today? Let's do the countdown. has had such a distinguished career, and yet we only have two highlights to play from the poor guy. What the hell is that? Yeah. What the hell is that? Well, that would be Stranger Things, the Netflix sensation, very highly rated, no, very no, highly thought of. Enough is enough. Yeah, enough is enough. They had one really good season, and then they keep going on with the show. I think they've had now three seasons of the show. You know, it's basically, uh, if you're, and really, if it had been released now, during the pandemic, where it feels like nostalgia there's always a value in nostalgia, but now especially it feels like everybody's kind of going back to an easier, simpler time. Uh, it's a, you know, a love letter to the 1980s, everything Steven Spielberg. Uh, so Stranger Things, certainly a, a very popular show. We shall see. Does it have the staying power? Does it have the ability to knock off one of the big three. And for all the talk, you know, that's another thing. People will say, well, you know, recency bias. People only, you know, they, they have no memory. Well, take a look at the three shows that are in there every single day. They have done very well, and they have not been on the air, I would say, probably. I don't know how long Chappelle's show's been off, but they've probably not been on the air for at least 10 years. Soprano's been off for a very long time. Yes. Seinfeld's been off for a very long time. I mean, Chappelle's show was on when I was in college, so... Right, and you're you're long past college days. I, yes. I can tell that from uh, from from working with you. So, oh no, yeah. So look, day twenty five. We'll see how um, Stranger Things does. I'm more. I got to be honest. I'm more Monday show. You have got to tune in to find out what the entry is on Monday because if I would say even if it gets five votes, much like uh, Liam Neeson's character in that uh, in that movie, uh, what was the movie again? Where he's chasing down the people who kidnapped Taken. his daughter. Taken. Much like he has a very specific set of skills, I don't have many skills, but I will, I will develop those skills over the weekend to chase down even the five people who vote for the show on Monday. So we'll see. Will it include Stranger Things? Will it include the other shows? We shall find out. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. It is the Gordon Damer Show. Coming up, we'll get more of your phone calls involved. We'll certainly update the early totals from uh, day 25 of the Regal Tumble. Plus, we'll look ahead to the weekend and the football, even if it includes the Jets, I, we don't want to do it. And you know what? There's this, been this thing out there. Sam Darnold's not going to play again on Sunday. And people have said, you know, this injury, it really makes the evaluation process for Sam difficult. And I got to tell you, no, it doesn't. So we'll get into that, too. After the show today, I'm like a little into my life. I got to go back to the bagel store. Now you're saying, why is that a big deal? Last week... I walk in, right, and, you know, everybody's socially distancing. Everybody is uh, wearing masks. So, you know, it's almost like the soup Nazi now, which I kind of like. I got to be honest. It's a very orderly thing where everybody's standing on a line and everybody's spaced out. So I walk in, and it was dead last week. So, you know, I'm going in there to get my kids' bagels. You know, they love uh, the, the cinnamon raisin, the king of bagels. I mean, you cannot cook a cinnamon raisin bagel. And not uh, it, it just improves your day. The smell of it, the, the senses get going, the water, your mouth starts warm. All the different varieties of bagels. 
So I'm standing there. Ray, you, you tell me if I'm wrong. Because yeah? I put this out as a poll question over the weekend while I'm sitting on the patio, you know, having a couple of adult beverages. And I, the, the support was somewhat there, but it was not 100%. It was not nearly as high as it should have been. So I walk into the bagel store. And, you know, I order a dozen bagels to, to go. Didn't really, I didn't get anything for myself, although I'll glom one of the kids' bagels. So a guy, a, a grown man, walks in and orders. His entire order is this, a rainbow bagel with cream cheese. So you think to yourself, okay, that's, but I'm standing facing forward, so I can't see. Maybe he's got a kid with him. Maybe there's a kid in the car. But it intrigues me. Because that's when you're looking at the cornucopia of delicious bagels that are sitting in front of you. Oh, I mean, all the different varieties, they're all fantastic. Even like a whole wheat. If you, if you toast it, you throw some butter on it and you destroy the healthy part of it, it's, it's still good. But the rainbow bagel for an adult man is a very odd choice. So I waited. I got my order. I walked out. I sat in my car. And like a, like a weirdo, I, I, I said, I got to see this guy. So the guy walks out, he walks into his car, there's no kid there. So I have to assume that the rainbow bagel is for this grown man. So I would present this to you, Ray Santiago. Is, is that a, a weird thing or is that perfectly normal? Because I came home, I told my wife, she's like, well, maybe he, maybe he likes rainbow bagels. And I will say, while I've never ordered one for myself, I've tried them because I'm a garbage can and my kids don't finish all their food and I'll try it. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's certainly not. Can we just agree that if he ordered it for himself, that is a very odd choice? Yeah, that's a little different. I'm I'm kind of with it's you. It's not on even this. a little different. It, it, it's real. It's it's weird. I, right? now, like, I've never I've never had it. But while you were talking, I decided to Google just see, like, okay, what what's it taste like? Does it the and it it the essentially tastes see, like a plain bagel. It has a little. There's a weird uh, texture to it. It's a little. I don't know. It, it's not bagel-y. It's, it's, it's kind of like... Well, I've got a description here. It says, yeah. it looks like it's made of Play-Doh, smells yeah. and tastes faintly of Fruity Pebbles, and has a not-quite-right chewy texture. Yeah, it's not. it, it doesn't taste like a... It, it, I would not say it tastes like Fruity Pebbles at all. I would say it just tastes like a regular plain bagel, and I've had them from this place before. They just mm-hmm. taste like a plain bagel. But it, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, people, when I put it up on Twitter, well, you don't know what's going on. In, you know, maybe he's got a kid at home. Maybe he's got a kid in the car. Uh, it's possible, but it, it is possible. But what's more likely? Like if you go to the store with a kid, when you have a kid, the kids always want to go to the store with you. Plus, you know, especially during this time where, you know, most people aren't going out all that often. Daddy's going to the bagel store. They're, they're, they're rushing you to get out the door. <laughs> and I would just say, like, if it were me in that spot. Right. And I had to go. My wife tells me, go and get, you know, Jack or Maddie. A, a rainbow, but that's the only thing you're getting at the store. I feel like there's an obligation on my part to either say, ah, my kid's at home. I got to, you know, I feel like I got to qualify it because there's a possibility some weirdo sitting in his car that was standing in front of me in line is going to be judging me by, ba- you know, ordering a rainbow. Yeah, but you, but you know, the guy probably is comfortable enough that he just doesn't even consider it. So. I, 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 he's got very strange tastes. Obviously, I feel like you almost ha- you're almost forced to in that spot order something for yourself or qualify it in some way, because again, right? You shouldn't be really worried about what other people think. But we do live in a society, right? We do a very know, judgmental society. Yes, it as is we're a very judgmental out. society. 
you never know who's standing next to you online and, and is, is, is fascinated but also horrified. Like, I'm, I'm not a fan of the everything bagel because I feel like it tries too hard, but at least the everything, I, could, I, can, I can grasp that. You want a little bit of everything in your, in your bagel. Very, very odd. It's a bit much. It's very, very odd. And yet the people who were, you know, going and, and coming at me, oh, you don't know, it's very, oh, you're weird. No, it's a weird choice. And it's all because really what it gets down to, if you're qualifying it in some way and trying to come up with excuses, what you're actually admitting is the rainbow bagel is an odd choice. It's a, it's a very odd choice. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Now that I've wasted time on bagel talk. I can't wait to see the Gordon Damer Show rundown. Gordon talks for seven minutes on bagels. Hey, did I mention the flyweight champions go to war at UFC 255 when both? Is there nobody in the UFC with Joe Smith? Is there no champions that are just like you're, John You're not going to find any. Why not? We, we, Why does that not appeal to just regular? Davison Figueredo and Valentina Shevchenko. Defend their belts at UFC 255. UFC 255 is exclusively available to ESPN Plus subscribers for $64.99. All you do, visit ESPNPlus.com slash forward slash PPV for more details. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This week in the NFL, like what do you actually expect me to say about the Jet game? Well, I will say this. Sam Darnold is not playing on Sunday, right? It's going to be the uh, Joe Flacco experience once again. And I will just say this. People have now taken this as it's very hard. I've seen this, that, that it's very hard. This is making it more difficult, almost impossible, to evaluate Sam Darnold because of this injury, right? He's missing time once again in this lost season where you figure, right, all we have to do is just play these games and, and get anything that we possibly can out of these games, and at least we'd put the quarterback in there and see you know, where he is at. Uh, I would say that the evaluation process, much like the nomination process for the Regal Tumble, is now closed because almost certainly you are getting the number one pick in the draft this year. And if you get the number one pick in the draft this year, you take Trevor Lawrence. It's such a no it's a jet-proof decision. That's how much of a layup it is. So the evaluation process for Sam, unfortunately, is over. In part because of him, in part because of the team, in part because of the injury, but mostly because after this year, whether you win a game or not, you are almost certainly going to have the number one pick. Like, here come the Chargers, right? As I said, the Chargers have two wins. They would be picking fifth in the draft. They are going to smoke you on Sunday. So if you get the number one pick, of course you take Trevor Lawrence. And it's a done deal. Even if you get the number two pick, even if against all odds the Jets win two games somehow, if you have the number two pick, I think you're, it's almost as much of a lock, maybe not quite as much, that you take Justin Fields. So I would say for Jet fans, take your medicine for another month and a half. No, the nomination process, the, uh, the, uh, the valuation process for Sam Darnold is done. And it's at least in part because he can't stay on the field, and B, because you're going to have the worst record. And you would have to think that if you have the worst record, I don't think that he's going back to school for another year. Trevor Lawrence is going to be available. And no matter who's running the Jets, who's the coach of the Jets, 
It's a jet-proof decision. You take Trevor Lawrence. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're already out of time. Already out of time. Well, look, please vote on the Regal Tumble. Can we have an upset? Because Monday, I'm going to be upset. If any of you vote for the show that enters on Monday, but today, it's Stranger Things. It's there. It's available. It's on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. We'll be back Monday at 5. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, up next, only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.